Hello and welcome back to the Digital Health and Wearables series. Today we have another magnificent guest and another exciting episode for you. But before I go ahead, I would like to acknowledge our sponsors, our global partners, Spirit Digital, and also ASCOM, our series sponsors, specialists in healthcare wearables and digital monitoring. And if you have not subscribed, please subscribe now and share this magnificent content with your communities in healthcare. But without further ado, I'm extremely pleased to introduce Tamara Usong Milagre, which is the president of, at Evita Cancro. Tamara, how are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you for having me, João. How are you? I'm, I am good. Nice, nice to talk to you again and nice to have you on the series. So I know your work is really exciting. We spoke a couple of times. I really want to share this content with the audience, but we go straight to the questions, okay? Okay. So can you tell us more about the hereditary cancers and the cancer syndromes, please? Yeah, um, just a, a compilation about the, the medic po uh, topic. It's a hereditary cancer is located in multiple organ systems and linked to the most frequent and to the most lethal cancers. Also 10% of childhood cancer is uh, hereditary. It generally strikes at an early age. Uh, it can begin in, in, in childhood, but uh, young adults may, mainly during the peak of um, the patient's productivity and often during childbearing childbearing years. It is therefore also the most expensive cancer. If the patient is unaware of their genetic predisposition, the cancer signs may be disregarded by the self or even by the healthcare practitioners, leading to diagnosis at late stages and poor prognosis. Nevertheless, with adequate measures, hereditary cancer has the potential to be one of the most avoidable and early detected cancers. Identified mutation carriers can choose to undergo early and frequent screening as well as prophylactic surgery. We identify the most prominent unmet needs in the treatment and prevention of hereditary cancer, which are lack of data, under identification of mutation carriers so only 50 percent are identified uh, due to their have uh, uh, due to their family history of cancer but in fact only 20 to 30 percent of the genetic carriers are identified by now the most famous case is probably angelina jolie everybody the whole world heard about her preventive surgeries to avoid cancer because all her, her female relatives, her mother, her aunt and more people uh, in her family died of breast or ovarian cancer. Um, I came across this subject when I took care of a 27-year-old pregnant woman in the hospital, in the recovery room. I was listening to the baby's heartbeat and I, I just asked myself what happened here because she got a, a radical mastectomy in our hospital she had a real uh, already advanced 
triple negative breast cancer at 27 years oh. of age. So, so I asked myself, how could it come to this point, to this late stage? Because when I afterwards talked to her, she told me, she called attention to the healthcare professionals that she felt something in her breast and they, they really did not at all pay attention and they, they already all, almost laughed at her like, child, you are way too young to have a breast cancer. Those are changes in your breast due to your pregnancy. And this ignorance costs this young mother of then two little girls, two years later, her life. And it was our meeting, Destiny joined us, because I, I, I started to hear about genetic mutations that predispose people at early age to get several cancers. And when I heard about her family history, there were two aunts of the paternal side that died at 40 of breast cancer. I thought, oh yeah, I have, my paternal aunts died too of breast and ovarian cancer, but what does this have to do with my personal risk? from paternal side. So this is a, an autosomatic uh, uh, mutation. That means one of the parents can be the mother or it can be the father passes um, mutated gene copy to the offspring. And then when you have this, this gene that is supposed to protect you to get several kind of cancer, certain kind of cancers, because there are different genes. We always talk about breast ovarian because of Angelina Jolie, but there are many cancer syndromes. Um, colorectal cancer has also a 5 to 10% percentage of hereditary cancer. And there are other syndromes. There can be melanoma, pancreatic cancer can be uh, hereditary. But uh, just to get a general uh, picture, when she died two years later, and thanks to her, I did genetic testing too. And I found out about my personal mutation in the BRCA1 gene, uh, thanks to her. And I, I found, I, I caught the mutation before cancer could catch me. And I'm here today to talk about this, thanks to this meeting, because otherwise I wouldn't be alive anymore. This cancer is really due to early onset and, and the person itself can disregard completely the first symptoms. And I, I decided that cannot happen, that cannot happen again. I promised her at the, on her deathbed. It was really on her deathbed. I promised her this won't happen to her daughters and this won't happen to my daughters nor to my nieces. So my motivation is astronomically to save lives or at least detect at early stage hereditary cancers because we need to save those lives if if a mother uh, is breaking away from the family due to early death from metastatic cancer uh, it's a, a huge tsunami for the family it's a huge shock and it's very difficult to recover from that shock mm -hmm. and we can do something about it so that that is our mission well thank you tamara for sharing that i mean i know you're very passionate about your work uh, that came across several times when we spoke 
And thanks for that explanation because ignorance is really, I mean, most of us are ignorant. I mean, I work in the industry, but I have no idea about this. And it's really important to raise this awareness. And um, um, this is really an unspoken subject, you know. So, and that leads very well, I believe, to the next question, which is, um, what do you think is missing to raise more awareness to them, to the cancers, and to these conditions? And how, how can we all do more? Please share your insights. Yeah, no doubt about that. First of all, first of all, the decision maker and, and the payers need to be more aware of this subject. Because as I told you, due to early onset of disease, but unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, mostly late stage diagnosis, hereditary cancer weighs on socio-economical level as much or even more as sporadic cancer. So once again, 10% of all cancers are hereditary, 90% are sporadic due to aging and sporadic mutation, exposition to risk factors. The hereditary, you miss this gene, this functioning gene that is supposed to protect you from cancer. So logical, you get early cancer. So if the person dies decades before it's supposed to be, uh, not producing anymore and being a chronically ill person until the day of death. I mean, this is really a simple, uh, a simple um, calculation to do. And we are doing a study about this, about the socio-economical burden of hereditary breast and ovarian cancer, because we need to convince our decision makers and payers that they allocate more money to this kind of cancer. But how, how says Mary Claire King? She, she was the first that dis discovered BRCA1 mutation, uh, BRCA, breast cancer gene. Uh, she says, uh, if we identify a woman only as a gene carrier after her cancer diagnosis, it's a failure in cancer prevention. Mm. And it's true. I mean, we have a cancer mission and so on and so on. We, we did our statement to the European Cancer Mission Board and we we really wanted to see a, a 14th recommendation in the cancer mission regarding hereditary cancer because it's it's honestly the best predictable at least early detectable uh, cancer of all types of cancer because you know that there is this high risk for this person if you have other cancers you it's just bad luck or you you cannot have an idea if this pe uh, person gets cancer sooner or later but if we know about a genetic predisposition we can act on it and then we can really save a lot of money but most of all we can save a lot of lives and so we go out with campaigns we go to the television we give interviews we have right now a campaign we are we are uh, having at uh, 31st of may we have 10 years anniversary in evita so we have one week of activities online and so on it's going quite well because you know we we actually have already saved tens or, or hundreds of lives that is no doubt is there we are in closed 
uh, groups in the social media and we have caught there are so many people that were not conducted to genetic counseling and then we have this problem with the waiting times i mean as more as better as we work and uh, we uh, make awareness campaigns for the society the civil and the professional society there are still doctors that are not aware of uh, hereditary cancer and the more we, we have success the more people we need to to have uh, for counseling for genetic testing and then if the, the mutation is identified they need to follow up and we have waiting times right now people get sick uh, on in between uh, while they wait for their prevention so be uh, very very attend to your family history know your family history history of cancer who had at which age what kind of diagnosis of which cancer maternal side paternal side that is a first step to evaluate more or less your possible risk for hereditary cancer Tamara, thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this and you educating me and the audience and everybody else. And there's so many things in here to consider. I mean, the stakeholders um, from pharmaceutical companies to healthcare, to governments, to organizations, but also us as individuals. And you mentioned the impact is catastrophic on someone's life if you die in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s, because we're so young. Um, and I had actually person, it was not a near the tree uh, cancer, but I had one of my ankles, he smoked from a throat cancer. He was a heavy smoker and he died at 51. And 51 mm -hmm. is like such a young, young age. You nearly have another half of life um, in front of you. So it's so important to really, I'm so glad that I invite you to explore that mm -hmm. and talk about, raise this awareness that we all need to hear about this. And I mean, all these things are like, uh, silence things nobody talks about this anywhere you don't you don't hear about this so the last question that i have is about evita your work i know you've been kind of warming us up about that but tell us more about the work that you are doing at evita camp group you mentioned the campaigns and now the 31st but tell us more overall the the, the global work that you are doing please yeah, um, that, thank you for that question, João, because it gives me the possibility to talk about our super main big huge project that we uh, kicked off uh, in partnership with the Prologica, which is an um, IT company, and we have a, a consulting firm that is uh, helping us with our um, business plan, and uh, we have uh, communication uh, experts from uh, HBR, it's a Portuguese uh, firm that help us to communicate. We, you know, because of those lags we identified uh, that uh, really delay a lot identification of gene carriers, but also the delay in gaining knowledge, which is necessary and it is fundamental for the development is also very slow and uh, we do not have real data on hereditary cancer our national cancer registry does not discriminate hereditary from sporadic cancer 
So I never have a number to give it to the decision makers and say, look, those several thousand people are hereditary cancer cases. They could have been avoided. So maybe we should uh, do a better work with it. So I don't have these numbers. They told me it's not possible because of the genetic information and the data protection. But, you know, it's possible in other countries. We are in Europe. We are not uh, something in a different universe or planet. It must be doable to gain knowledge, to accumulate and storage data in a structured way with the help of uh, artificial intelligence. And that is precisely the project we are doing uh, with Evita, with our partners I mentioned before. We are creating a registry from people for people. Okay, Anybody preoccupied with its risk to get cancer because of family history or something else, for everybody that is already identified as a gene carrier with a high risk for genetic cancer, can be healthy, can be unfortunately already sick. And for any cancer patient, is this registry, which uh, will uh, generate or create ge patient generated data, uh, a knowledge that is not existing right now. And we are creating this and it will be scalable. We have a first phase, only Portuguese uh, national level, but in the second phase, we will all already translate the platform into several languages. Uh, we will learn so many interesting stuff and we will help the health literacy yes. of the society. People will learn much more about their personal condition. They can be healthy, they can be sick, but they will get all the relevant information for their special uh, condition. And so they can manage much better their risk uh, and also the healthcare providers. They can be connected, they can, they can get a, a temporary user uh, permission. Everything is done with a specialist, with a, a lawyer specialized in data protection. So of course, it's for us also super, super important, the data protection. We just don't like to hear about this paternalistic overprotection, okay? We need data, otherwise we won't gain knowledge and develop better and uh, strategies and, and therapies. So we do it just in the way we, we need it. The, the less information on the platform, always uh, encrypted, but the most outcome possible. So that's a balancing, it's a big project, but uh, I think it will be a game changer for hereditary and sporadic cancer patients. And some of them will turn hereditary when we learned a lot with the natural history of disease regarding the registry. Sure, Tamara, we come to the end of the series. I'm extremely happy that I invite you. You shared so much value in such an important subject. I will, of course, put all the links for people to connect with you, your LinkedIn, the Vita Cancro platform, your project. Everyone can learn more and connect with you. We come to the end of the the, the show and I've, I've I finalize all my episodes in a peculiar way. It's not really a question as such. It's called one minute of fame. Okay. So you can talk about 
anything. You mentioned the European Patient Society before. It can be a personal accolation, it can be family, it can be company, it can be anything whatsoever. So over to you to finalize one minute of time. So, uh, dear audience, whoever of you is preoccupied with this risk for cancer because of many cases in the family, uh, write me, Joan will, will put my email down, write me who had at which age what kind of cancer diagnosis, maternal, paternal side, and we can do this first triage and, and maybe we can help you out and uh, advise you with this new possible journey. We want to save lives and who is uh, willing to help us? Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Tamara, thank you so much for your time and that amazing, amazing, I mean, subject and interview. So really glad to, to have you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to wrap up now. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Brilliant. And to all to our viewers, make sure you subscribe. I'm going to put all the links to connect with Tamara, of course, and finalizing with our sponsors, connect with Spirit Digital and ASCOM specialists in healthcare wearables and digital monitoring. And I'll see you next time.